as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be the Leafs fans. Welcome to this week's edition of the Top Pair Podcast. I am your host. It is me. It is Eric Weinstein. And with me, as always, is Nick Maxwell. Nick, how was your Memorial Day weekend, pal? Uh, it was fantastic, buddy. You recovered, had a long, long uh, birthday weekend. Birthday was on Monday. So I decided to make it a whole birthday weekend, not just a birthday date. So I was, I was struggling yesterday, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I think everybody was, and I'm going to take this time on behalf of the entire uh, Top Pair universe, wish you a happy belated birthday. Uh, Nick's birthday gift from me was a personalized message from Kenzie. Kenzie, wishing him a happy birthday. 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 Brought it up to me when I was drunk one night. So I decided. Canadian money. It's like, it's like Monopoly money. It doesn't matter. So Bobby Margarita, you beauty, you beauty. Yeah. So Nikki was very happy. He said it's a good thing he wasn't drunk, otherwise he would have started crying. Uh, great Memorial Day weekend. A very fun hockey-filled Memorial Day weekend. A couple series ended. One very funny series ended, and we got the second round is in full swing. So before we get into it, let's get into the housekeeping. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and Audio Boom. Find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That is a1sportsnetwork.com. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A1 Sports Network. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at top pair underscore pod. That's top pair underscore pod. P as in pretty funny that the Maple Leafs threw a 3-1 to one lead. Uh, o as in overtime goal scored by Casey Sadikas in, in Boston against the Bruins. And D as in Damn, is it funny that the Maple Leafs blew a 3-1 lead to the Montreal Canadiens. Okay, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Weinstein. Two C's, two N's. Nick, wrap it up. Yep, you can find me on the top pair account most of the time, or you can find me on my regular Twitter account at mmaxwell01. There. Hey, Eric, I got a riddle for you. Ooh, let's hear it. Why do you invest $10.5 million in a goaltender? I don't know. Why? Because you want to stop the $48 million in four forwards. Ah, <laughs> I mean, neither Nick nor myself are going to be shedding any tears for the Toronto Maple Leafs on this episode of the Top Pair Podcast. We will get to them. We will get to the Leafs. We will get to the end of that series. We'll get to what moves they could possibly make because there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in Toronto this summer. So we figure we'll end with that because we'll probably spend the most time on it. So we'll start with the series, the second round series that uh, have started so far. Uh, we're going to start with last night. It was the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes. Tampa Bay has jumped out to a quick 2-0 lead, taking both games from the Hurricanes in Raleigh. Um, I had a feeling that Tampa was at least going to win one of these games because you're not going to beat them twice in a row. I don't know if any team is going to be able to beat them twice in a row, but Nick, I mean, I did not see this coming that they would just, the Hurricanes kind of just like haven't had it at all for the past two games. And maybe that's just a testament to Tampa. Yeah, I mean, they they played well enough to win, in my opinion, in game one. Like, they just got unlucky with everything going on. I think Vasilevsky has just proved that he is, if not a top three, top two goaltender in this league. I mean, the guy, the guy's just 
guy just continues to make big save after big save after big save. And people were talking about how he may never live up to the hype after they were beat by Columbus in the first round yeah, two years okay. ago. And it's just, I don't know, like it's it just, I don't know if I'm more impressed by Tampa or more disappointed in Carolina, right? Because to me, the key to beating Tampa is eliminating the stretch pass, right? That's what Victor Hedman is so good at. That's what Ryan McDonough is so good at. You know, that's what they train these guys on the back end to do. That's all they want for their back end. Like, Sergeyev, obviously, like, surgical with that stuff. And, like, Carolina just doing nothing to shut that down. Like, I don't understand why Rod Brendamore hasn't had his defenseman play more aggressively. Like, Dougie Hamilton, Jacob Slavin, I picked Carolina to win this series because I was like, hey, man, like, I, I don't, like, you guys you guys had the D to match up with this, like, right? Like, in a one-on-one situation, you know, but now – Watching this, like Kucherov looks like he's getting his legs. Stamkos looks like he's flying around out there. Like that guy should be tested for some, some, Stamkos, some type of substance. Stamkos is healthy as hell. I've never yeah. seen somebody so healthy. He yeah. looks excellent. It's just, it's, it's just impossible for these guys to manufacture offense. Like you were watching late in the third and like the Carolina defensemen are literally just like flipping pucks towards the front of the net just hoping something lucky happens. So I don't, I don't know. Like he – I don't know if Brendan Moore just has to try harder to keep his top line away from Victor Hedman, but it's just, I don't know. I expect them to play a lot more emotion in those two games. Carolina was one of those teams that had a near full capacity arena. It's just disappointing. I, I, I don't know. I, I had Carolina winning this um, in seven games, but that, that clearly looks like one of my wrong predictions so far. So I pulled up the stats from last night, a two to one final. Um, if you look at just the shots on goal, Carolina like outplayed Tampa. Carolina outshot them 32 to 15. The fact Tampa had 15 shots on goal, I don't think there's many teams that are going to win with only 15 shots on goal. Yeah, but you look like you look at like you say the 15 shots, right? But it's like they had like three odd man rushes and two breakaways, you know? It's like because again, it's that stretch pass that nobody just wants to shut down. Like get up on these defensemen and like I don't know. I feel like all you got to do is just cross-check somebody in the back good one time, take the two-minute penalty, and just, like, send the message of being like, yeah, we're not just going to let you float out here and just, like, have your way like it's fucking beer league, you know? Like, that's where I'm like, Rod, Rod Brendamore, the player, definitely would have not allowed this to happen, and I'm just kind of surprised that he's sort of allowed it as a coach. Yeah, I mean, just, it's not like, because I watched the highlights this morning because um, I wasn't watching the game last night. I don't remember what I was doing, but I wasn't watching the game last night, and... Oh, I was packing because I have a wedding this weekend. Duh. Um, anyway, so it looks like Carolina, they're kind of getting their offense together. But then I'm watching on breakaways, like somehow it ended up Brady Shea had a shot on net in a breakaway or like on a two-on-one. Like it just seems like the chances are there and it's just not the right guy getting the puck. Like I don't know how many guys, how many people want Brady Shea shooting the puck on a two-on-one. Yeah, I mean, that, I think part of that might be their D zone coverage, right? Like, they want those types of players to be the ones with the puck on their stick. Like, like if you're Tampa and Brady Shea beats you, like, okay, you, you live with that, right? Like, every every playoff series has an unsung hero that, that you kind of just have to deal with. But, I mean, Ajo touches the puck, he's immediately covered by two dudes. Sveshnikov has the puck, he immediately gets bodied. And then Trocheck like has that bad injury last night. I would be, I'm honestly going to be shocked if he comes back. Like anytime yeah. it's your ankle area and he couldn't even put weight on it leaving the ice, like that's just never a good sign. Yeah, and Trocheck was huge for them all year. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what Carolina can do now going back to Tampa. 
you know, down two, you know, these are two must-win games for Carolina. I know the only must-win game is the game before you're eliminated, but these they have to win these games in Tampa, and it's a lot easier said than done when Vasilevsky, who didn't even look great yesterday, had 31 saves on 32 shots. So, you know, he's it's not only do they have the best offense in the league, but they also have the best goalie. So, how fair is that for the Tampa Bay Lightning? So. Um, I'm expecting Tampa to be nice to just be strong at every position. Yeah, it might. It's on. It's you know. Oh, we have great finishers on the power play. Great. Oh, we have maybe the best defenseman in the league. Great. We also have the best goalie. It's like, you know, (laughs) they you know they drafted Braden Point in the third round. Like BS. Um. All right. No more. No more Tampa hate. We got to save that to hate the Leafs later. Um. So now the game's going on tonight. Um, I guess we'll start out with the uh, with the late game tonight is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I felt great taking the over on game one, and let me oh, tell I you, bet you, I bet you cashed in on that. I one. hit a sweet parlay on Sunday. Whew. Did very well. I was at the bar when it hit though, so that wasn't great. Um, anyway, so the Colorado Avalanche absolutely shellacked. Shellacked. Steamrolled. Steamrolled is the, is the term works. They just took it to the Golden Knights here. The Vegas Golden Knights, who are a great hockey team. The Avalanche, for lack of – by the way, pun intended, it was an avalanche of goals against the Golden Knights. They won 7-1. to They cruised to the, to a win in Game 1. Miko Rantanen had maybe the sauciest backhand goal that I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Gabe Landeskog had a goal. McKinnon had a goal. Saad scored. Landeskog scored again. McKinnon scored again. And Kale McCarr scored. So all the usual suspects are getting it done for Colorado. Oh, and by the way, uh, Philip Grubauer had 24 saves on 25 shots. Shout out to Philip Grubauer for being a Vezna finalist. Um, One thing I've taken away from this game is that I think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be a net tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. (laughs) That's one take I don't know. Like, I was, like, absolutely shocked when he did that again. And I was waiting. I was, like, I was so disappointed that there wasn't an Alan Walsh tweet with, like, Robin Leonard with, like, the sword through, like, his eye or something. And and nobody loves Robin Leonard more than me. But what is he doing (laughs) playing Robin Leonard in game one? I I, I mean, he, he explained it as, like, a resting thing that, like, you know... Murray, Fleury just played seven games in 14 days. I'm like, dude, I get that, but like, it's the playoffs. Robin Leonard hasn't played a game, like, if you count off days and game days in almost a month. Like, did, like, to me, as soon as he made that move, he was basically kind of saying, like, yeah, we're probably going to lose this game, but like, it's more important for me to have Flower. Like, and strategy wise, I kind of agree with that, but, you know, dude, like, there's so many, like, more, like, mismatches, like, with Vegas than I originally thought, right? Like, looking at their center depth, like, William Carlson really isn't the same player since his first year in Vegas. And, like, Chandler Stevenson is, like, fine, but, like, calling him a two or a one center is tough for me. Yeah. And that's where, like, I think there's got to be a lot more changes other than whoever is standing in net for them. Now, and obviously, of course, like, no Ryan Reeves tonight, so it's, like, now literally Colorado can just fly around with their heads down and no one's going to really step up and challenge them physically. So, I, I don't know. Like, Colorado is a – I picked them to win the Cup over Carolina. I'm, I'm still – I feel really good about that after game one. I don't think 
I still think this game is going to go six, or series is going to go six. But it's just, I don't know, I had a really bad taste in my mouth, right? Because to me, it's like if Flower gives up a goal or two early, then you pull them, right? Like, because Colorado was just all over them that entire game. And Nathan McKinnon literally looked like he was skating downhill against the Vegas defense, and they had absolutely no chance of, like, being able to stay in front of that guy. And it's just, you know, it's like, People are like, how do you shut down Colorado's best players? It's like, well, it's tough when they have, like, seven best players, you know? And it's just – I don't know. I mean, they, this team is just so fun to watch, though, and they're going to be so good for so long. And I kind of hope, like, now, like, we can get to, we get to see, like, a Tampa-Colorado final just because, like, you want to talk about, like, star power and studs in this league. And for the amount of, like, you know – Guys that lost the first round, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews. Like, there's still a good amount of star power left that probably just non-hockey fans haven't heard about yet. And I think getting those people to watch that series, that's the one that I'm hoping for. Yeah, if if it, I'm sure that's what, at this point, the league wants uh, Colorado and Tampa. Because the casual fan going into the new ESPN deal is going to see the league's best, you know, right in front of them. So, I mean, I would love that. I would love seven games of that, no problem. I mean, that would mean that the Islanders lose to Tampa Bay in the third round or they lose to the Bruins now, whatever. Um, but, yeah, to see Colorado, I mean, it's it's just wave after wave of speed and offense and, you know, they can muck it up if they have to. You know, the power play is lethal. They don't even have Nazem Kadri back yet. Like, it's... Once they get him, they're even deeper up front. I mean, it, it's – I don't know how you stop them. I think it's its like that old saying, you can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them. Like if you can yeah. if you can hold them down to like three goals, I think that's a success. Like you have to know you're giving up at least three goals a game. So it's a matter of just holding them down and hoping your offense can come back and, you know, just kind of put up a fight here because I don't expect this series to be a 7-1 slaughter like – like it was on Sunday. Um, I even I kind of expect Vegas to win tonight. It's just a matter of you gotta hold these guys down a little bit. You gotta maybe you know you can't take stupid penalties. I mean Ryan Reese took that like eight minute penalty, whatever the hell it was. I got suspended for two man? games. Like what are you doing in that situation? Like you're just asking to get suspended. Yeah, like you know what Reeves Revo's role is. Everybody knows that. But you got to be smart, man. It's the playoffs. You're playing maybe the best team in, in the league, maybe the best team left. Like, it's – you got to be smarter than that, man. You have to. Yeah. I just – I mean, I'm like you. Like, I, I kind of hope this is still a good series. And, I mean, who knows? Like, what kind of spark Flower gets now that he has, like, that extra day and a half to kind of rest himself and get himself recharged and, and mentally refocused. But, yeah, I mean, th- like I said, like, it's even just like the defense, man. It's just like Cal McCart, freaking stud. Like Devontae is just tape to tape passes from one side of the ice Love to the you, other perfectly all the freaking time. Love you, like, Devontae. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like Adam Graves just being a solid, steady, like defensively strong defenseman. You know, they're not. They don't even have like Eric Johnson and like Bowen Byram yet. It's like the frick. Like this team is so loaded still. Do you think like? You know how in soccer, um, like teams like loan players. You now they do that. Can like the Avalanche like loan Devon Taves back to the Islanders? Just, just like every other game. 
You know, just you know. That would be- I think for the I think for the expansion draft. Eh, actually, well, maybe. I was gonna say, like for the expansion draft, they should only be allowed to protect like six players. Yeah. Instead of like eight, you know. But then I was like, but then now that I'm thinking about that, that'll just make Seattle a freaking stud team. I don't know. Yeah, we don't need that again. Yeah, but yeah, like, I, I would just. Their practices must be insane because it's like I can't even get any ice time because the guy in front of me is a Norris Trophy winner. Yet I'm already like, like if you're Sam Gerard, you were like top 15 in points this year for NHL defenseman, and you can't even get on the top pair because nope. it's freaking because <laughs> you have Cal McCarr playing in front of you. Exactly, and I think we can leave it at that. I mean, it's just, uh, it's I'm hoping that gold that Vegas makes this a series. This is the series that everybody wanted, including us. So, but we'll see. Um, Moving on from that, I guess we'll talk about my team and the Bruins. Um, the Islanders and the Bruins tied at one, heading back to the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Bruins take game one. Uh, they won the game 5-2. to two. Uh, Islanders win game two, 4-3 in overtime. Casey Zizekas with his first goal in the playoffs in six years uh, with the overtime winner to send the Islanders back to the island tied at one. Uh, Nick, this is exactly as advertised that we've been watching it is two heavyweights just big physical teams just going at each other uh but there's also been a lot of skill being shown as well matt barzell's kind of woke up a little bit the perfection line's been doing their thing you know Pasternak had the the hat trick on what was it on saturday um uh marshawn and bergeron both scored so you know this the stars are out here and these teams are just—it's just been a back and forth fight so far for the first two games. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think to it—the best thing about the series is just like now you have like home crowds; it feels normal again, right? Like having TD Garden filled with people, and having the Coliseum filled with people too. Like just the just that energy in the building just makes this game where it's just you add that extra layer of emotion to it. And I think. That's why these two teams are playing as well as they are right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, the, not really the surprising move. I feel like Trotz has wanted to go back to him, you know, the whole time. But Semi Navarlamov steps back in um, in game two. He plays very well. Um, I'm sure he'll be in net tomorrow night at the Coliseum. Uh, the thing for me is I need all Islanders fans. I need them all to listen to me real quick. Apologize to Kyle Palmieri because all that guy has done since the playoffs have started is score big goals. That's all he's done. Every He scored the opening goal in game one against Pittsburgh and then the overtime winner. He scored in game six to tie the game at two. You know, he scored the, uh, it wasn't a, that wasn't the power play goal, but he stuffed the goal in to make it two to one in Boston. I mean, this guy, it, it didn't really work in the regular season for whatever reason, but he has stepped up huge. For the Islanders, and with Oliver Wallstrom being out the past couple games, with Matt Barzell and Jordan Eberle not really turning it up yet in the playoffs, he's been huge for them. He's been exactly what they traded for. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's just like typical Lou adding late pieces that just always work out because I don't know. That's just how it always happens. But I mean, I actually, I mean, both these teams, like Taylor Hall's been great for Boston too. Like both like him and Don Sweeney have both made a lot of moves this year that have really boosted their teams and given them more depth and everything too. I think like here's how I see like my keys to this. Number one, if, if you're, if you're the Islanders, you have to figure out a way 
to keep Brad Marchand on the outside of the ice, right? Like, you need to figure out a way so that when he runs those little pivot plays on the wall and they use that cycle down low with Bergeron, you, you have to figure out a way to keep him on the wall because that's when he's been the most dangerous, right? And he is somebody that, as soon as he gets on the inside, where is he going? He's going to the front of the net. And then even if he doesn't score, what's he going to do? He's going to do something stupid to try and muck stuff up, you know, try and make things ugly, and just figure out a way to kind of get under your opponent's skin. New York, the Islanders are actually the faster team in this series, but I don't think they've used that speed enough to their advantage, right? Like, they can catch Boston, other than when probably Charlie McAvoy is on the ice, in transition, like, Way more than they, way more than they've taken advantage of. I think if they can get that line to turn the puck over, even especially that top line, because other than Bergeron, you know, Marchand is a good defensive forward, but he is known to kind of, you know, make a real late change in the game if once he's out of the play. Yeah, but game, game if, seven against St. Louis comes to mind. Yeah, if we all remember that. But if I like, if I'm Trotz, like I'm telling my defenseman, like. You know, Pellick, Pulak, Mayfield, all those guys. Like, if we can get the puck and go, go. Because that's when we're going to generate chances off the rush. And especially, you know, now it's come out that Tuka Rask has a little bit of a, like, a nagging injury. You need to do something where, if you can score on the rush, make him move side to side. Test whatever that injury is. Because I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's probably something either with a groin or an ankle. And that can be absolutely detrimental to to a team so what i would do like i'm saying i'm telling i'm telling barzell i'm telling you know nelson um you know paul mary guys like that like once you see us turn the puck over and gain possession just beeline it right just beeline it kind of like tampa does you know and catch these guys catch these guys almost flat-footed because i think that's how they're going to start generating more chances consistently yeah, there's underrated speed on this team. Guys like Beauvillier, Pajot, Nick Letty when he carries the puck. Nick Letty might be, like, low-key the fastest guy in the league, but nobody really knows. Um, like, they need guys to just get going and, you know, get pucks on Rask if he's not 100%. Um, the key for me, and it's been for the Islanders pretty much since Trotz got there, it's that Pelican Pulak pair, man. I mean, I've been hearing for three years that they're the most underrated pair in the league, kind of that it's like almost making them overrated for how much people say how underrated they are. But they just like, they just show up every night. And every time you see, you feel so good with Pelic and Pulak back there. And then, you know, Pelic even chips in on offense. Pulak has a goal, I think two goals in the playoffs so far. You know, everything those guys have done, and they got to pay Adam Pelic at the end of the season. Um, it, those guys, if they continue to play, they, they make it so hard. They, they shut down Crosby. had one goal in the first round. And, you know, they're going to see a lot of that perfection line. If they continue to play the way they play, they can maybe slow those guys down. And that's, I think, they're the key for the Islanders to move on. Yeah, I, I, I 100% think so, too. Like, And if you're Boston, you know, you're going into a situation where You've already had to have these change of hand with goaltenders, and to me, my instinct is always you got to get to them early. And even if you don't score, you got to create havoc in front of that net. See if you can get these guys off their game, because when you've been in a situation where one guy's pulled and the other guy's been pulled, and then now you're back in there if you're Varlamov, like even for a veteran guy like he is, like if you allow one goal early, or maybe if you one allow one that. Yeah, you, you probably had a good chance of making that save. You're going to start immediately looking to that bench because 
Trotz is going to be one of those guys, guys where he's like, where he's yeah, like yeah, yeah, we don't score we a ton, don't score and you can't allow goals like that to go in. So, so I'm pulling the plug here. Yeah, back to Sorokin. I think I think it's going to be – he's definitely going to have a much longer leash for Varlamov than he did Sorokin. I think it's just going to be like – until the guy loses, you know, bring the bring the next guy in. It could be something like that, you know, unless you know Varlamov gives up one goal on a one nothing shutout or whatever, you know, something like that. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how this keeps moving, and you know, the crowd is going to be banana at the Coliseum tomorrow. Um, tried to buy tickets; it's like two hundred seventy dollars a ticket. So, like, no, I'm not going this time. But. Um, <laughs> But it's gonna be fun. Uh, Are you gonna go to Borelli's restaurant, wherever the hell that is in Long Island? It's like right across the street from the Coliseum. It's like in within walking distance. Oh really? Yeah, it's it's right. It's a two minute drive, like not even. Um, but yeah, um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, it's been very entertaining so far. I'm expecting it to stay entertaining. So moving on. I'm sorry we always talk the most about the series that my team is in. But what are you gonna do? Um, get over it. Sorry. Um, moving on, we'll talk about the series that kicks off tonight. Tough turnaround for the Montreal Canadiens, who come back from an emotional 3-1 deficit over the Maple Leafs. They play tonight in Winnipeg in about eight minutes. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Winnipeg Jets, and it feels like the Jets haven't played in like a month. Um, but yeah, really. <laughs> but here we are. You know, the Jets absolutely dominated the, the Edmonton Oilers. It, just an absolute... You know, I think it's more on the Oilers than the Jets there. But I'm the, wearing my Blake t- Blake Wheeler T-shirt out of out of my penance for for picking them to lose last round. My Jets hat is over on like my nightstand over there. It's it's been worn the past couple days. Um, I mean, this is going to be a real fun goalie matchup. You know, these teams are. I don't even know how to put this. I just think Winnipeg is going to win in like five. You want me to be honest? I think Montreal, it, it depends on Carey Price, but I didn't think Montreal was going to beat the Leafs, and I, I think the Jets might be better overall than Toronto. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see the series going that long. Do you, do you see, like, I don't know. Do you see anything different? I, <laughs> I could really see it going either way. Like, honestly, because Montreal loves this underdog role. I, I will say that I I I think Winnipeg the key for them is to have that same level of detail that they had against Edmonton, right? Like everybody back checked properly, everybody was on the right side of the puck, everybody knew how to clear house. And honestly, maybe maybe their decor is just a little bit underrated. Who knows? And I, I am leaning Winnipeg. I just don't I'm really hesitant to say they're gonna do it in like five. You know, it's just Carrie's just on a roll, and these new young kids are just, like, thriving in this situation. Suzuki, Kakamiyami, Caulfield, all getting in on overtime goals. Corey Perry's just been like, yeah, it's actually 2010. You just didn't realize <laughs> it, you know, and he's, and he's doing his thing again. And they're going to continue to lean on their on their top 4D, and their top 4D with Petrie, Sherratt, you know, I know I still don't have Roman off. It doesn't make any sense to me, but like, and Weber, like all those guys are going to carry a ton of minutes. And so I think, I think it's going to have to be more of the same. I think Winnipeg got enough scoring from their, from their third line and fourth line. I think they're going to need a little bit more of that too with, with their depth, but it's just, there's something about 
just Carey Price just scares the crap out of me. It really does. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Habs, they're going to go as far as Carey Price takes them. And he was excellent um, in the Game 7 win. And it's just kind of what you expect from him. Um, wait, Nick, I have breaking news. Yeah, I saw it. The Buffalo Sabres will draft number one overall for the first time since, as if it's a long time, 2018. The Seattle Kraken will pick second. The Anaheim Ducks will pick third. Um, you didn't sound too excited. I mean, this is for a different episode, but dude, this lot, of, this draft class is such a freaking crapshoot. I mean, I'm still gathering names together for our draft prospect pod episode, but. You know, I'll have more on that later, but now I don't think they can win the lottery again within another five years with the updated rules, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that, that this is an episode for another day. So we're continuing on with Montreal. Um, they're going to go as far as Carey Price takes them. I, I have so much respect for that guy in between the pipes. I mean, we've all seen what he can be and what he can do. Um, a, a stat that I thought was very funny was that the first player ever to win a playoff series with an average annual value cap hit of over $10 million is Carey Price because McDavid and Dreisaitl never won anything. Uh, You obviously know the Leafs haven't won anything. So very funny and something I wouldn't have guessed that Carey Price is the first guy to do that um, with his average annual value of 10.5. So Nick, I'm hoping otherwise. I hope this series does go around six or seven, but I just... I don't know. I mean, it, it all depends on on a CP thirty one for me. Yeah, I think I think for me it just depends on how much how much offense can they realistically manufacture, right? Like they never score they never score an easy goal that entire series. No, other than like Tyler Toffoli had like an empty net or so. And that, and that Brendan Gallagher one that Jack Campbell just completely whiffed on in Game Six. Oh Lord, a terrible uh, goal. It just. And- and, and for as well as Jack Campbell played, like you're talking about Connor Hellebuck, who has won a Vesna before and had a great year too. So yeah, well, you know, we'll see, we'll see. We will. That we will. Um, all right. So I think we've kept everybody waiting long enough. This time I actually got every series. I think. Yep, I believe I so. Did. Yeah, there's only four left. Look at me. Unlike last series when I was completely sober and just completely muffed up the entire thing so why don't we talk about them uh the toronto maple leafs man oh man oh man you know i i really i hate to say that it's funny that they keep losing you know i don't want to say that about a a friend one of the oldest franchises in the nhl you know a quote-unquote great history um but Nick, have you ever been so glad to see a team just continuously come up short? I I I feel a little bad for the players. I laugh at the fans because the fans on Twitter just like they want to blow the whole core up, even though it's one of the youngest teams in the league, and like they want to trade everybody off, and they want to fire the GM, and they want the owners to sell the team. And it's just like, is it really that bad? They talk about Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner. They dude, talk about him guy. like they talk about him like I talk about Andrew Ladd. Dude, Mitch Marner, I in games five, six, and seven, like was a ghost. I have never seen a player squeeze his stick tighter. Like his he 
like a professional player getting his own head more than this guy. Like they will need to hire a team of shrinks this offseason and be like, hey, can you help out with this player to like unmind fuck himself? Well, he can you certainly I mean? he can like, certainly afford it. Well, dude, it's just I read a stat today, right? In in his playoff career, Mitch Marner has six minor penalties. Five of them have been for over the glass. Well, delay Dude, game. Like that is, you can't even make that shit up. Like that is just like watching him and like especially that goal in game six, right? Yeah, like in Montreal where they were already on the penalty kill, and he for some reason feels like he needs to just whip this thing into the three hundred section. And I'm just like, and he just you see him put his head back, and he's just he's clearly a guy who's just he's in his own head, and he's hearing the pressure. I think, and it's like. What in the world are you doing, Mitch? You know, and it's like he's one of my favorite players on one of my least favorite teams. I love the way he plays. Oh yeah, he skates super well. Absolutely, super creative. Like makes every single player on the ice better, and then like also is like a really good penalty killer. And it's like if you trade this guy, like you're not going to get fair value for him, right? Like I saw something today about how like Mitch Marner for Seth Jones is going to be on a table, and it's like. Do you really want to try that, Toronto? Like, I love Seth Jones, but, like, he's got one year left. And then, like, Mitch Marner has another four, I think. Like, yep. I, I don't know. Like, that's just – that's a tough sell for me. And I think the money – I mean, Columbus probably has the cap room. But, like, you, I don't make that trade if I'm Dubas unless, like, Seth Jones agrees to a contract extension, like, right then and there. But then, like, on the other hand, too, it's like, Morgan Riley's contract is up after next year, and he's a UFA. Yep. So you have to have money to keep him because you already paid Muzzin. You already want to keep Justin Hall because for some reason they think he's like the perfect number three defenseman. To be fair, you he know? had a he had a nice series. He played pretty well. Yeah. I, right, but like, how, like, what room are you gonna have if you want to keep him? You're gonna have to pay him something, right? Like, well, he's got three years left on his deal, two years, and he had two million. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you get like, are you really gonna like extend like Jones, pay Muzzin, pay Riley, and then be able to repay him after that? I gotta tell you that Muzzin contract of all the contracts they have, that Muzzin contract might be far and away the worst one. He's yeah. got three years left at five point six, and he's thirty two. Yeah, and then like all these people there talking like we gotta like get rid of William Nylander. I was like, William Nylander was your best player in that series. Uh, like, by eight, far. Yeah, like, he had, like, I think, like, eight points or eight goals in seven games or something. I'll like, what are you talking about? You're going to trade that guy? Gotta. And it just, I, this goal goes back to, like, I just don't understand why they signed Tavares. Like, it, it would have been a great thing for them to sign Tavares at the time. But I thought to myself, they have so many good young players that they're going to want to bring up and bring around. And on top of that, it's like, they have one pick in the first four rounds this year and then two picks in the next like when then another one or two picks the next like five rounds or six rounds next year it's like your prospect pool is going to be depleted because you're going to want to have to call up all these guys early to get them on rookie deals so that you can afford all these dudes and it's just i don't know like this is just there's there's just so many hands that go into the pot of failure here and a lot of the people that are getting called out right now to me aren't one of them like jack campbell took a lot of criticism too Jack Campbell played well played well enough for them to beat win this Jack series. Campbell played very well. Yeah, like you think he was going to outplay Carey Price? Get, out of, get the frick out of here. It's like, yeah, okay, that first goal of the game seven, it was ugly. Okay, 
How about you don't take two really terrible penalties and go down to a five-on-three so that way Corey Perry doesn't bank one in off his shin pads, you know? It's just like, I don't know. Like, they, they look like a team, and I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll stop my rant after this. But no, like, it's okay. They just I'm look like it. a team who, like, they think the way that they play in the regular season is good enough for the postseason. But it's like, I've always thought you need five things to win in the postseason. You need goaltending. You need defense. You need attention to detail. You need an unsung hero. And you need coaching. I thought they had goaltending, defense, defend, I will say. I think they defended well enough to win in that series. And they needed, and they... And they had an unsung hero. I thought Jason Spezza played great for considering the fact that that guy was 37 or however old he is. He's 37. And it was making 700K. But, like, I mean, this was a terribly coached series on both sides. Dominic Ducharme and Sheldon Keith. Like, this was just bad decisions all around. But it's just, like, the detention to detail. Like, Alex Galchenyuk, you're the last guy back, and you're throwing a blind pass in the middle of the ice in the offensive zone, and you give up a 2 on all. You know, and then it's like Marner comes in and he gives up the puck at the worst possible spot at the blue line when every single one of his guys is standing flat footed and it leads to a breakaway and then another goal. Or then it leads to the Brennan Gallagher goal. It's just, they just, it's not that they don't want it enough. I'm not going to use that stupid skip bailout sign. It's just like they just, they just don't understand like the attention to detail that it takes. And now all of a sudden, this is going from, learning experiences like when they played Washington and Boston the first couple times into now like this is comes into now as like a mental drain right where every single time now they get down in a series or every single time they have to go to a game seven it's just going to be in the back of their heads yeah like at cer- at a certain point like this is what you are now like nobody is going to take you seriously if you have this excellent regular season which they did playing in you know arguably the worst division out of the four um your point leaders, your top guys in points, William Nylander showed up. He had eight points in seven games. Alex Kerfoot, who you're probably trading, is second on your team with six points. Jason Spezza, who's 37, had five points, and Matthews was tied with him. Austin Matthews makes probably about $10 million more million than Jason Spezza made this year. You know, Mitch Marner was tied with Galchenyuk with four points in the series. Without a goal. I mean, these are the... Like, Jake Muzzin had more goals than Austin Matthews. Like... I mean... <laughs> and and they're going to... they're gonna, Like you said, they're going to blame Jack Campbell. I pulled up Jack Campbell's numbers. He had a 1-8-1 goals against and a 9-3-4 save percentage. Nine times out of ten, if that's what you're getting from your goalie, you're winning the series. If, if you would have told me that those would be his stats before, I, I would have been like, Leafs in three. I would be, yeah, I would have no been swept them. I would have been like, it would have been, you know, over and done with. They'd be, Winnipeg would be in their barn right now. But like, after a while, you know, you can blame Dubis, you can blame the coach, you can blame, you know, whoever. It's just now it's ingrained in these guys. All they know is losing in the first round. Is this the fifth year in a row or the sixth year in a row? That they just lose in the first round every well, they, they single year? They haven't won a first-round series since 2007. 2004. And mind you, that there's 2004. And excuse me, I think the last time the Sabres made the playoffs was like 2008 or 2009. I'm like, so your drought 
is still longer, even though the Sabres have the longest playoff drought. That's just inter- that's just an interesting factoid. I just stumbled upon that today. I just stumbled upon that. Yeah, that's my geek stat of the week. Um, that's the geek stat of the week. Um, I have a quote because Brendan Shanahan had the exit interview today. He said, and I quote, "There will be changes. There's a killer instinct that's missing and that we need to address, and that's that's the problem. Killer instinct. You have who, these. Who do you think he's even talking about? Because it's. I mean, I don't know who he's getting rid of, but he's got to be directing that at the at the forwards, the guys he's paying eleven yeah. million dollars. And Tavares, notwithstanding, obviously." Tavares had the freak injury. It was good to see him, you know, talk to the media today. He's been skating all week. You know, good to see that he's all right. But you, I know losing your captain is tough. And one of your best players losing him as well. But that's where your big money guys, your MVPs, your the Rocket Richard winner, Austin Matthews, can't have one goal in seven games. Mitch Marner, who you're paying a lot of money, very handsomely, um, he can't have four points, no goals. You know, William Nylander showed up, and guess what? He's probably going to be the one who's going to be shipped out of town because they got to save money. It's like it's it's the same old story, and you know, the media and the fans up there, who, who gives a shit about them? You know, they're just going to talk. They're going to talk. They're going to talk. It, it they got to get it done on the ice, and they've done. You know, it's ingrained in them that they just can't get out of the first round. Yeah, and that, like the hardest part for me is like if I was Dubis, or so I saw somebody on Twitter today refer to him as Doofus, and I just laughed really funny. It's really such an easy. It's such an like, easy, easy. Yeah, like how come we never thought of that? Like it's so easy. Like if you're if you're Dubis, number one, you have to be brutally honest with your approach, right? Because this is how he won in Sault Ste. Marie. This is how he run won with the Marlies, and it's like you have to be brutally honest and say. Is our approach actually working, and is it going to work long time? And if the answer to that is no, then obviously you make changes. Now, I I still don't think you make you do anything overly drastic. I am not getting rid of Matthews and Marner, no matter how bad they took me to the cleaners when it comes to contracts. Because the other thing too is like this is the, as Blake Wheeler said, this is the fucking hardest trophy to win in pro sports. It is, right? Like. People forget, like, yes, the Lightning won the Cup in 2020. Stevie Eiserman took over that team in 2010. That was not a two, three-year rebuild. That doesn't exist in the NHL. You need too many good players. It takes too long for a coaching change. You need to find or, – or for a personnel change. You need to find the right coach to mesh with those players, and then you can have that run at it, right? Like, think about how good, like, that David Backus, TJ Oshie, you know – uh, Alex Petrangelo core was with with St. Louis, right? And all those years they went to battle with like the Blackhawks and like teams like the Ducks later on, and even like the Preds in a little bit at the very end. And it was just like, dude, they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't get it done. Their their championship window closed, and then all of a sudden it's like they hire Craig Berube and they trade for Ryan O'Reilly, and then they just get this hot goaltender out of nowhere. And it's like, holy crap, this team is just unbeatable right now. Right. You know, it's just, I don't know. I want to set myself up for as many kicks at the can as I possibly can. Even if that only means I get one championship in 10 years, it's still worth it to me. But, you know, the Toronto situation is different because you don't have one sole owner that you're trying to convince is that, convince that your vision is working. You have a whole board 
of directors that you have to answer to. And if they vote five to four that you get fired, see you later. Guess what? You're out. <laughs> Best of luck in your future endeavors. It's like it's it's such a like a, it's such a different animal up there. Hockey in Toronto. It's oh, Toronto's the mecca of hockey. It's where hockey was invented. It's you know the Maple Leafs, the proud history of the Maple Leafs. It's like. I just I I don't know what you do. I mean, there's too much money, it, and it always comes down to that. There's so much money in these couple guys. Like, you win. How do you win a Stanley Cup? You win with. I think you win it with defense and goaltending, which I feel like is not a very hot take. I mean, the Blues won it. Jordan Bennington got hot. You know, it helps at Tampa. That you know, Victor Hedman won the Conn Smythe. Andre Vasilevsky was excellent. You know, it's things like that. You know. Y- y- the game completely slows down, and the game, it's not offensive-driven in the playoffs. And if you're going to try to win with all offense, it's just not going to happen. It's just, hate to break it to you, Toronto, it's just not going to happen. So, I mean, the summer is going to be very interesting. I'm just excited to see who they ship off and who goes where. Um, but, I mean, they, they got guys they still got to pay, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, this is going to be the most, by far, the most comfortable offseason for Brandon Shanahan. You know, the Shanahan plan hasn't quite worked out. You know, but who who knows? I mean, all it takes is for like I don't know if Keith is the answer long term, but all it takes is some sort of dynamic change, and sometimes some things click. But you just hope some of these guys don't just tap out and say, "I need to get out of here first. Yeah, and that that's what. You know, that's kind of how the new, you know, everything is now. It's played the era of player empowerment in other sports. They say, get me the hell out of here. You know, I don't want to be here anymore. That's the last thing you want because then you lose all your leverage. I'm sure some teams would love to trade for William Nylander. They'd love to trade for, you know, Morgan Riley, whoever. You know, whoever whoever you're shipping off. I don't think it'll be Morgan Riley. He's just who I thought of. But, you know, it's, you got you to gotta make these moves out of a place of power. So, like, that's where I get, like how you mentioned before, the Mitch Marner for Seth Jones trade makes sense on paper. But then you got to, you know, you got to pay somebody else. Or maybe Seth Jones could still leave in a year. It's like it's things like that. You know, you can't lose Mitch Marner for one year of Seth Jones. So, uh, I don't know where they go. I think they need to fix the problems on the back end and in net. Uh, Jack Campbell I do not think is the answer. for. Uh, doesn't matter how well he played this year. Um uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we didn't even talk about that, but like, Freddie Anderson's a UFA, and him leaving gives them five million in cap spending, right? Yep. But it's like, but at the same time, do you trust Jack Campbell to give you an eighty-two game season next year? I, I imagine if he goes down and they have to play a backup, then they're right where they were last year when they didn't have Campbell, and every other night with Freddie was just an absolute disaster. Yeah, and it was like they were throwing, they were running Garrett Sparks or Michael Hutchinson out there, you know, it just it, it it's. You, you can't win with mediocre goaltending. You need, like a lot of guys you see now, it's the 1A, 1B type thing, unless you have guys like Vasilevsky or Grubauer or, you know, the guys who are like, a, or Hellebuck, you know, the guys at the tippy top. So, I mean, Freddie Anderson was great for them. I'm sure he's already booked his plane ticket out of there. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in net. And I don't really, I don't really know. With the expansion draft, the goalie market might be hot. Who knows? But I don't know. I got nothing. And I'm sick of talking about them. I'm so glad they're out. 
I, I think that's why I hate when they're in because we have to talk about it, and I'm so sick of saying the same <laughs> shit every time. Whatever. Anything? Anything else on the Leafs? Because I sure as shit don't. No, I mean, I I will love the offseason drama this year, especially with like the Seattle draft and stuff, and it'll be very interesting to see who's doing what deals when. You know, them, the Oilers, there's a lot of teams that have to look at what they're doing and building and say, is this actually working? Yeah, and there's a lot of teams where, no, it's not actually working. So um, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, and we'll be right here with you to, you know, you know, hopefully you guys are still with us and you're, uh, you know, you're following us along here. Um, again, if you have any questions, anything else you want to hear us talk about, tweet at us, tweet at me. Um, again, it's at top pair underscore pod. That's P as in pretty annoyed that we still have to talk about the Leafs even when they're eliminated. O as in, of course, they get eliminated and we have to talk about them more, meaning Toronto. And D, damn it, isn't it great the Leafs are out. Nikki, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Nope, just, uh, yeah, man, we're, we're, we're in serious cup contention form already. I, yeah, think, I think these series are about to get real Nick interesting. Yep, and that's what we'll be here to talk about. You'll hear from us next week. I will be in Philly for a wedding, so Nick, the social media is your problem. I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pair. We'll see you next time.